everyone knows we left the church because we weren't getting enough attention in it. <laughs> That's why we have For this real, podcast. Though. <laughs> if we're not getting attention here, then like, where do we go? <laughs> it's more than a podcast. They're more than best friends. It's more than an hour of laughing and crying and then going back to laughing again. It's more than a podcast. They're more than ex everyone welcome back to more than mormon i'm lena and i'm meg and here we are <laughs> here we are it's been a After journey a really long like week and a half i don't even know this is what like our 10th episode yeah <gasps> that's crazy wow that is I mean, it's crazy. Not that crazy but i mean I feel like it's crazy it's because I usually get these ideas <laughs> and I'm I like, oh my gosh, we should do this. And then I like put a bunch of ideas onto my plate and I feel like it's necessary to attack every single one of them. And then after like a week, I kind of like get bored. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud. Yeah. However, anything that's like really important to me. I always stick with and I have wanted to do a podcast for a really long time and a Mormon slash ex-Mormon podcast is just like yeah it's endless you could talk about anything forever and ever there's always content it truly never ends I've always been like a quitter like I took like violin for like a year I took clarinet for like a year you yeah. know what I mean like I'm like I'm gonna <laughs> do it and then I just don't so, honestly, the fact that we've done 10 episodes, it's like, I don't know that I've done 10 consecutive weeks of anything in my life. You so, know, I definitely feel like we are making progress. And I'll tell you what, it really helps that we have listeners who listen. Emails and oh, listen. Who <laughs> listeners who, who send us emails and interact. And um, we had a different episode in mind, but because we have listeners who are you know, actively binging the podcast, we changed our mind because we got an email from a listener and we felt like it was really important to get to it right away. So here we are. Do you want to go ahead and pull up the email or do you want me to pull it up? I want to pull it up. I have it pulled up actually, I think. Okay. We also you have to it. talk about going oh. along with how the church harms people. The oh bullshit. That yes. is the church telling people for years to one extent or another, or like, and not just that, like not being clear about it, about the planet thing. Like when you die, if you're Hold on. top Hold tier on. celestial, you're getting robbed. Oh no, that definitely won't happen here, or at least not through the front door anyway. I just saw hands <laughs> on our little side window. Children's hands. It better be if it's an adult with really tiny hands. That's terrifying. <laughs> that's scarier. So. That's way scarier. Oh, God. Okay, okay. Anyway. Anyway, the rewind. planet. Yes. So let's talk about the fact that the church changed their mind once again. Once again. Um, what do they call him? Rusty Nelson. Rebrand Nelson. Like, he's just... <laughs> 
He's just changing things left and right. Yep, that actually sounds about right. The, you know, the whole, like, well, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's like, apparently he's not depending on who he puts in charge, because... Which is one of the biggest things that people who leave the church say, and people who are active in the church just don't seem to comprehend how troublesome this is. Continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's like how a few prophets ago, you know, it was like Mormon Mormon. is the great word. I know it. I live it. I love it. I believe that's exactly what Elaine S. Dalton said. And then the next day, I kid you not, they had shirts at the BYU Mm -hmm. um, uh, bookstore. Yeah. I mean, had that on their shirt. They literally were preparing to capitalize on that statement before it was even said in general. Listen, conference. if you can make it merch, make it merch, you know? You know what? Hell fucking yeah. I'd rather to have none the church of it, right? earn money from selling t-shirts than from stealing people's money for tithing. Touche. Touche. But I even think President Monson, who was just the last prophet, he was the one that was like, you're not a Catholic. You're not a Protestant. You're a Mormon. Like that mormon message that i've seen oh my times. god what the is I'm it a mormon to campaign. Stand alone. yes yes oh, i loved that one on my mission i'd get chills every time um but he was like you're a mormon and other prophets have been like you know if the church wants to or if the world wants to call us mormons like let's embrace it you know and then all of a sudden rebrand rusty nelson comes along and he's like Jesus is actually really offended that we're calling ourselves Mormons. I just Jesus doesn't care about what you do. Why? He just cares about what you call yourselves. Yeah, like, I, I can't comprehend why that is such an issue with him. But it is, and he has a long history of being upset about being called Mormon. So that that was absolutely on his agenda before he was called as prophet. He was like, all right, if I outlive this motherfucker, <laughs> I am going to, the first thing He's I'm like, going to do. I'm going to dare to stand alone on that, <laughs> at that pulpit yep. at General Congress. Like, <laughs> I'm going to demand everyone stop calling us Mormon. They've even attacked, like, media outlets. Please yeah. use the church's full name. The church's and media name outlets are trying to explain why. Yeah, they're like... No. <laughs> or they'll the be like, is no. They'll, they'll say it once and then they'll be like, usually referred to as Mormons. As a missionary, I would say that all the time. I'd be like, oh, we're from the churches of the United States. That's really long, especially in Spanish. Like, I'm sure there's languages where it's even longer, but that I'm like, you probably know us as Mormons. And then people are yep. like, yeah, I do know Mormons. And a lot of times we'd be like, oh, I know so-and-so who's a Mormon. They're great. But if you're, if they don't have that connection to who's Mormon, like if you don't associate as a Mormon, they're not going to know because everyone else is calling them Mormon. Exactly. You're just really, you're doing yourself an injustice, Nelson. Sorry, Chandler's pulling my computer all the time. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> Ivan, where are <laughs> your shoes? <laughs> oh, throwback. We've had so many episodes of our podcast that we can have like callback jokes. All right. Anyway. So anyway, so, so yeah, like so the, the Mormon church, thing, the planet. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, the church. Okay, so, like, I I don't know. I've been moving and doing midterms. So, like, did the church make an announcement? Or did they just, like, secretly release something? Like, what happened? Because it's been an uproar. I've seen two things. I haven't really investigated that much, but I just think it's hilarious. The two things I saw, the first one... Oh, it's fucking hysterical. The first one was someone 
on Instagram. I'll, if I find it, I'll send it to you and we can like link it. But it was like a video on Instagram or maybe it was a TikTok of the person showing how on the church's website, you know, if you look into, if you try to look up things about like having your own planet or those kinds of things, like it just doesn't show up. Like it's like, oh, this page doesn't exist kind of thing. And this person is basically <laughs> talking about how like the church is trying to like gaslight people into being like, that was never there. Like that was never said. But at, like everything else in the church, like people know that it was said. Like, why would millions of people believe it if it was never said? And I read something else. Well, I also saw a post that was like, I might have even like saved it or sent it to you or something or sent it to myself on Instagram. Again, I'll put it in if I can find it. But it was like, RIP getting your own planet, like 19 whatever to 2021. That literally was like the most interesting part of the entire mormon doctrine and they just like really the only reason out. i was doing it <laughs> so it's like That's okay what so what's interesting about it now like I... is there anything interesting about it now because <laughs> like if i'm not well, getting my own planet then what is like the we point? talked about i already have like, to share a husband i already have to make babies forever like exactly. i want my own planet exactly why not have my own fucking planet we would watch avatar and we'd be like oh my god i want to make my planet like this yeah and we would like you know just like shoot the shit about all the weird shit we would have on our planet and how we would make it happen and like okay when i was a member i asked them about this and everyone always told me like well we don't know if this is exactly what happens but you know the scriptures you know do say that you know, as God once was, man will become. What? What is it? Is that right? No. Uh, as God it. No. Well. As man was. No. Oh fuck. God was like man. <laughs> we need to. We That's need, a gist yeah. Of it. And man will be like. God, God was like man, and man will be like God. Yeah, I don't and know exactly. Quite what a bit of. I'm. Yeah, I'm having a brain fart. But essentially, what what everyone told me was like even though there's nothing that specifically states that we will have like our own planet and that we get to like inhabit this own planet i definitely was a participant in conversations and was told that it, we would basically repeat the cycle where we would have our own planet we would pick a savior the savior would go down and we would do this all over again and is that is that I, what you were told? Yeah, not until I was on my mission, but um. Oh oh yeah, I was. I had we were having this conversation with with other mi missionaries because there's no fucking way anyone is going to have this conversation just like in Sunday school. No, well, I mean, I've heard some weird. I mean, conversations maybe <laughs> in Sunday school. Or yeah, like, I mean, there's uh, always at least that one guy meeting. But this was, I had a companion who I adore, and she's amazing, um, and we're still very good friends, but, and we had a blast. Like, we had a great companionship, and we had so many, like, deep conversations, and also we just had so much fun. But I remember just, like, chilling one day, and it must have been like, during, like, comm study, or because we were in our apartment, and she was, I was talking about something, she was talking about something, and she was like, well, yeah, I mean, think about how, like, you know, Heavenly Father has a Heavenly Father, and we don't know if in his, like, plan of salvation when he was doing his earth life, if he was just a regular person, or, like, he could have been the savior of that one, or he could have been, you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I <laughs> was like, 
you can't just throw Hold this up. at me on like a Wednesday you at like said 10 a.m. I was like, <laughs> and she said it like, well, at you like know, 10 you know how like this and this. And I was like, I absolutely do not know. Do and not know. It fucked me up for days. Like I would just, and I remember like pot, like I would just kind of be zoning out. And she'd be like, mm-hmm. are you thinking about how Heavenly Father has a Heavenly Father again? And I was like, yes! I'm always thinking about it. Like, it is constantly in my mind. It really shook me. It's like when you're a kid and you kind of start to grasp the idea that, like, space goes on infinitely, or if not infinitely, you know what I mean? Like, it just, like, keeps going, and after our galaxy, there's, like, more and more and more, and it, like, never ends. And when your brain starts to grasp that when you're maybe, like, 12 years old, and you just like I don't know if other kids went through this, but I would like fully like in the middle Meg of went like, through a mini existential crisis when she was not even a teenager. Well, I think the reason why was my dad had a bathroom book, which is a book you read when you have to poop on the toilet. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. My dad had a bathroom book at his house that was like about space or something. And my dad's a super smart guy uh, and reads a lot and like, you know. So, I don't know, I just, like, picked up this book and was, like, reading and pooping. And was like, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) Reading and pooping. You know, that's where all existential crises start. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you listening, what you need to do is you need to go to www.cesletter.org. Mm-hmm. And the next time you have to take a big dump, mm-hmm. you pull up that PDF and you just have yourself a good bathroom read. Okay? This is advice. And listen, when you go through that kind of crisis, you want to be in a private space. So- <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you want to also be vulnerable because it's very important to be vulnerable if you're going to grow and be ready to hear the truth, okay? And what is more vulnerable than having your butt exposed? Nothing. Well, almost nothing. Literally, well, you know, <laughs> I could think of a couple things, but... Anyway, you know. the crisis I went through learning about how space is infinite, as far as we know, as a 12-year-old, was just, I repeated it as a 20 something year old on my mission when my companion who was like obviously raised in the church was like oh yeah you know how the plan of salvation that we're living like just kind of self-perpetuates infinitely in both directions and i was like no no one my missionaries didn't mention that to me like (laughs) Mm -hmm. it really fucked with me but anyway yeah part of that was this understanding (laughs) i was in institute as a new member learning about collab and i was like that's where I learned about the three Nephites, and I think I've talked about this before. Like, that also fucked me up. I these are so bizarre, you guys, it's, and we believed them. When you learn that kind of information, you really like fully as an adult basically have to like convince yourself that Santa Claus is real, and you have to like you have to convince yourself because you know it's not true. Like, you know to an extent that it's not possible in any sense. And then you have to, like, tell yourself, but I have to believe this because if I don't believe this, then I'm not being faithful, then I'm not progressing spiritually, then I'm not qualified to have the spirit to be with God, to have my own planet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is. So you just are like, okay, I'll work on this in my brain until my brain accepts this as truth. And then at some point in time, hopefully everyone will go through this process of deconstructing and being like, that was so silly to believe 
you know, X, Y, and Z in the three knee fights, in co-op, in whatever. It's so silly. I sometimes wonder what the look on my face was when I heard this stuff, because internally I was thinking, this is the biggest bullshit of my life. How am I going to explain this to my family? While also being like, wow, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And thinking, it also makes no sense. It doesn't make... Yeah, I remember sitting in institute multiple times and being like, this doesn't make sense, but I know... That if I just keep learning, keep studying, keep praying, that I'll figure it out. And, you know, quote, figure it out turned out to be like, teach my brain that it's true, even though my brain doesn't want to believe it. Like, yep. Yeah. And it's so hard when you're surrounded by like your peers. What is that? Confirmation bias? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When you're surrounded by your peers who you like love and respect, it's really hard to just call something out and be like, that's stupid. Or that's crazy. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. in an institute setting, you're sitting at, you know, you're surrounded by your friends. My first institute teacher was a, my friend's mom, who I was, like, pr- close to. And also was, like, my friend. And so to hear that, there's no space to just go, like, that's insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just, like, quietly are like, hmm Okay, I'll have to process this later. Especially when everyone else in the room is like, yeah. Yeah, of course. Just okay. like my companion being like, yeah, you know how that happens. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. So here's the thing. It, I feel like it goes along with something, you know, we've talked about this before. It's really important to me, you know, the subject of informed consent. You know, you and I did not knowingly become a member you know, with all the knowledge, you know, we joined the church with like a tiny scrape of knowledge and the majority of a it wasn't even, seed. it was like a half truth, a mustard seed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here we are telling people, you know, just aside from the weird, crazy Mormon shit that just about everyone knows about the church, you know, here we are telling people that there are three men who have been alive for thousands of years and they're just like wandering the earth. Those men who used to be apostles on the American continents at the same time that Jesus was alive and had his own apostles in Jerusalem. But then after he died, he came to visit like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like the, the digger you look, the the digger you look, the digger, (laughs) the deeper, it's been a long week, you guys, and it is Tuesday. <laughs> the deeper you dig, like, the more likely you are to, like, hit something and just be like, okay, like, I can't go any further. I can't dig yep. this hole further. I can't convince myself anymore. Not only have these three men been alive for thousands of years, but they used to be apostles of Jesus Christ. But not the ones that I grew up learning about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, these secret ones that lived in, you know, in the Book of Mormon stories. In the Book of Mormon, which I've also didn't grow up learning about. You know what I mean? Like, there's just yeah, so many layers yeah. and layers of, like, having to uh, process They confuse things. you so much. It's, it's like a maze. It really you get is. You so backwards and confused and, like, misled that you don't even know which way is up, which way is down. And it all of a sudden becomes a lot easier to just believe what they're telling you than to you know, start to pull the pieces apart. The best way that like the best analogy I can think of right now is my storage closet. So we just moved 
and every time I like I knew what I needed to put in this closet and so I would like empty a tote and I would keep it out until I emptied a second one so I could like stack them together and put this in the closet but I also knew that I needed to get a lot of stuff out of the way so we could set up you know everything else and like move the couches in and so it also required me to shove a bunch of stuff in the closet and then you know as I was organizing and putting things away pulling them out organizing putting it back you know and you know the process of deconstructing happens gradually kind of like that where you know sometimes you have to pull everything out go to what's in the very back of the closet because for whatever reason something in your brain was like oh like I remember growing up and being told you know by my parents or my bishop that I would have my own planet and all of a sudden I'm reading and seeing and hearing that that's not actually what the church believes and that's not actually true but that's absolutely what I was taught so I'm gonna go and I'm gonna dig it out and I'm just gonna like check everything over and then when I like you know, I'm done with this and I've organized something else or like, you know, I'm going to put it back. But then all of a sudden you realize like, oh shit, like I put this over here, but I actually need to do this over here. Mm -hmm. And it, it's never ending. It all connects. So there is this element of like, yeah, you can't just, you can't just like postpone dealing with certain things as much as exactly that scripture. That's like, what is it? Alma 37, 11. That's like, I don't know. So I'll just wait and, you know, Till I die mm -hmm. and then I'll know essentially you can't do that for everything because it's literally like cleaning your house like if you just like throw all your laundry on your bed then the next time you try to go to bed you have to move your laundry somewhere else and you put it on your couch and you can't sit on your okay. couch because your laundry you, like you my just... ADHD brain is going crazy but that just that's exactly what I was trying to get I was like this is the closet where like my broom and my vacuum go this is the closet that i need to get into to like feed the cats and so i couldn't just can't just shove, shove empty boxes there. empty suit yeah i couldn't just shove it in there and forget about it i had to continually shove things in rearrange clean up pull things out shove things in you know and mm -hmm. repeat the process you know now it's you know organized or whatever but as we continue to like unpack the house like I will have to go in that closet I will have to pull things out you know what I mean yeah. and so you know hearing that the church didn't want to be called Mormon the policy reversal the three Nephites um, Joseph Smith's multiple first visions account Kolob, the book of Abraham the book of Abraham polygamy temples like, come on it's there too are much. so many things that require way too much conjecture mm -hmm. i yeah. love how bill real describes it he's like you know say you're upstairs and you hear something downstairs in your kitchen and you, you know that you have a cat and sometimes the cat gets on the counter i'm probably butchering it butchering it but you guys will get what i'm saying so you know that the cat sometimes gets on the counter, but you're upstairs and you hear the noise and you're like kind of half asleep and your brain thinks, oh my God, is that a, is that a robber or is that, you know, something crazy? Is that an alien? And it would take a lot more conjecture to convince yourself it was an alien. 
than it would to say, no, go back to sleep. It was probably just the cat. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. And And so for the church, it's kind of the same way. Is it, it requires a lot more conjecture to believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet, that the Book of Mormon is true, that he translated the Book of Abraham, you know, like the list goes on. You can't, um, well, you can, but I think if you want to be living in authentic life with like and really being honest and authentic with yourself you can't go on forever just saying well i don't understand this but i i believe it or i want to believe it or i don't believe this but i need to figure out how to believe it or i need to just accept it as it is because Mm -hmm. it's it's like the shelf metaphor like you keep putting things on your shelf and it's gonna break and when it breaks it's impossible to put those huge, big concepts back on your shelf. Because when my shelf broke, right away, I was able to be like, well, I still, like, probably believe in Jesus, and I still probably believe in God. You know what I mean? Like, those, like, big things. But you know what I wasn't tossing back up on that shelf? The fucking three Nephites. Like, I wasn't like, well, these three guys are definitely still, you know what I mean? Like, that was... like, okay, clearly, that was a bunch of bullshit, (laughs) and it doesn't take a whole lot to figure that one out. Yeah. You don't even need to read the CES letter to figure out that the three Nephites never existed. mm -hmm. As soon, (laughs) as soon as... And I was in my apartment in Rexburg, Idaho, and I remember having this moment where I was just like, what if God wasn't real? And maybe I've talked about this on the podcast before, but immediately my brain was like, that's crazy. That's insane. But then being like, well, maybe the three knee farts, knee farts. (laughs) (laughs) That's too appropriate. Dude, this episode is wild. (laughs) Maybe the three (laughs) knee farts. I don't even know what's going on, but that was fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) saying oh yeah okay so it's <laughs> it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's easy you toss those knee farts up those on knee the farts. <laughs> <sighs> and so i knee fart son of <laughs> son of knee fart who was the son of knee fart <laughs> oh no <laughs> It's it's easy to be like it's crazy to not believe in God, but it is hard to be like. I it's it's just so much easier to be like yeah it's it's pretty crazy to believe that three men who were Jesus's secret secret apostles in the ancient Americas live have been alive for thousands of years. It's really easy to be like that's probably not true, because it's so hard to believe it in the first place that it's like one of the first things that comes down off the shelf. And there's nothing... And that's a really easy one. And there's... Yeah, and there's nothing in believing that or not believing that that right away is like a red flag, you know? You can... You're taught so much to believe that, like, the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith is, like, the keystone of the Restoration and of the church, etc. But... Especially with the whole, like, the church is perfect but the members aren't. So you could probably be like, this had to have been either a prophet speaking as a man... Mm -hmm. Or, you know, some sort of member 
who told a story that someone really resonated with, who told that story and it just got passed down, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can kind of like, you know, you can kind of explain that away, Mm -hmm. be a little apologist, if you will. Exactly. Go on with your day. Exactly. And that's how it is. The planet thing too, is I don't, I have no memory of anyone ever saying to me like, when you die, you will get your own planet. At the same nope. time, if someone had said, you know, when I'm dead and I'm with my eternal family and we're on, like, kind of our own planet, no flags would have gone off in my brain. I'd be like, that nope. makes sense. That aligns with everything I've been taught in the church. That this Absolutely. plan of salvation is, like, self-perpetuating, that our Heavenly Father once was just a person like us and he had to become God. And we, if we're just like him, then we will eventually become gods. I mean, not you and me. You know, we'll become <laughs> God. we'll become (laughs) heavenly mothers no one will give a fuck about us and basically and we'll get to have our own space and our own you know planet and the word planet makes it sound like sci-fi you know almost like scientology shit but Mm -hmm. the church of scientology is also a high demand religion it's also a cult so it makes sense that the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints would overlap with mormons sci-fi and scientologists are very fucking similar very very similar just just a surprise and, you know and throwing it out there the more you learn about other high demand religions and cults the easier it is to just classify the mormon church as oh one. yeah because oh, you can't yeah. make that exception to be like well it was a cult when the church of scientology did it but not when mormons did it like it's always you know, it's always cult behavior we will link below an episode of mormon stories where john delin sits down with leah remini I love and Leah Remini. And they talk about, you know, they basically have a discussion of, like, what's worse. Like, the physical abuse that Scientologists experience when they, you know, leave or threaten to leave or whatever. Or the mental, emotional, spiritual abuse that Mormons and ex-Mormons experience. And, um, you know, in my personal opinion, I don't think you could say, you know, one is worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... They both are traumatic and disgusting in their own right. They're not the same, you know, and I I don't know necessarily if someone reacts to the trauma that, you know, the same way as you would if you were like physically beaten versus, you know, emotionally or mentally. But the principle But the discussion is, is so good because they are both incredibly harmful, dangerous, mm-hmm. and absolutely display cult tendencies so you guys can go listen to that episode we'll link it below that's definitely you know up for people who know a lot more about scientology than us so mm-hmm. go listen to that it's incredible it's it's riveting it's crazy Aliyah remini's show i think is still on netflix or hulu it too. is yeah uh, you can totally go watch it highly suggest watch it. that when you're ready to cry <laughs> like it is rough to watch because and watching it as like um having just left or was like sort of in the process of leaving the Mormon church and seeing so many similarities and realizing that the way that you were the in church a cult of too. Scientology manipulates its members and being able previously to be like, Oh my God, that's so sad that that would happen to those people. And then watching it and being like, Oh my God, that happened to me like to an extent, you know, with a different church, but at the same time, you know, like those same things. Yep. Some of them yep. also happened to me. I'm still, experiencing trauma that results resulted from like my being not just a member but like an active converted believing 
member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like, and those kinds of things, there are plenty of them that I don't think I'll ever fully recover from. And one that we, you and I, have talked about before is, like, the fact that the Mormon Church taught me, whether it wants to admit it or not, that I would, in one way or another, like, have my own planet. That I would be with my family wherever we would be, that we would be together forever. That most likely, you know, my the, fa- the members of my family who were not members in this life would join in the next life. And it put me in a place where I was emotionally okay with not, like, distancing myself from my relatives, but sort of allowing myself to maybe slack in those relationships knowing that we would have eternity forever to an extent even if i was in one kingdom and they were in another and because you're also told that you can like go visit them yeah you know so it's not that it's not as big of a deal as it sounds right which if it's not that big of a deal then why does it matter that everyone gets sealed to everyone else um hello raise your hand like this video if you have ever lived in a different city state country from your family and you missed them Mm -hmm. yeah and you wish that they lived a lot closer a lot closer that it wasn't such a pain to go and visit them and it wasn't such a pain to go or raise your hand such a pain to say goodbye if you uh you know, during the pandemic, we're like, wow, I really took advantage of the fact that I was able mm-hmm. to see my family members and now I don't have that option. But exactly. that literally happened to me because the the things that I was taught as a member of the Mormon church, I believed to an extent that my relationship with my family on earth was not as important as the relationship that I would have with my family members eternally. And members of my family passed away while I was a member of my church, including while I was on my mission. And I will never, ever get the chance to have the relationships with them that I was told I would. Ever. And no one... Sorry, I don't mean to be yelling into my microphone. (laughs) We've gotten comments that sometimes I'm loud. Sorry. We're we're working on perfecting the audio. I, no one from the church has ever, and probably will ever, apologize to me for lying to me about the next life, and for manipulating me into not talking to, like, my grandfather for the last year of his life because I was on my mission and could literally just email him, and then he died. And two random elders who were, like, the office elders came to my apartment in Memphis, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and told me that my grandpa died. And now, I don't believe in the fucking plan of salvation. I don't believe that God lives on a planet called Kolob. I don't believe... So where's your comfort? In any of... In any of it, because it's all bullshit that comes from the lies of a con man named Joseph Smith that people literally taught me to praise. He wrote a bullshit book that provided me with comfort and provided me with beliefs that I upheld for years. And... They're not true. It's all bullshit. If you read one page of the CES letter, for me anyway, it was just so obvious that it's not true. (laughs) I mean, the gist of it is that I missed out on time with people who are now dead, and I'll never get that time back, and no one from the Mormon church cares. Because everyone that talks has talked to me, or about me that, as I've talked about before, I've overheard. (laughs) 
has always been like it's just so sad that she left the mormon church it's just so sad because she was so strong and she had a testimony and now she's been led away by satan and blah 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 and now she has this anti-mormon podcast etc etc and no one has taken a moment to ask me about my experience in leaving this church Mm -hmm. and no one wants to know how you were harmed yeah no one cares and if anyone did ask me that one of the first things i would say is that i missed out on time with my grandfather before he died because i was serving a mission a mission in which when i was a missionary i was only allowed to facetime my mom and my dad on mother's day and on christmas so i didn't talk to my grandfather for the last like year of his life a whole year of his life and of my life that he wasn't a part of because of a choice that i made to follow a bullshit, made-up, crazy, manipulative cult. And no one gives a fuck, because the Mormon church just wants to paint me as someone who is offended, or lazy, or stupid, whatever, instead of seeing me as someone who changed my life to follow this religion, and because of it, my entire life is different now. And I will never... The religious beliefs that I have now... I don't believe that I will ever see my grandfather again. I don't believe that I will ever see my other grandparents again. And I... They were all alive when I joined the church. And I had in my head this idea that, like, yes, I loved them and I wanted to spend time with them, but, like, I knew that I was going to have extra time with them. I knew I was going to have eternity with them. And the fact of the matter is, I'm not going to have eternity with them. I don't know what eternity is going to look like for other people or for myself but I don't believe it's going to be what the Mormon church told me it would be promised me it would be and there's nothing I can do about it it's not like I can go to the church and say like hey you did this to me because first of all I don't give a fuck and second of all like no one can fix it there's nothing anyone can do you can complain about it and heal on this fucking podcast because you're right the church doesn't care they make it very clear that they don't care by continuing to perpetuate these things Mm -hmm. and by continuing to allow a culture that is bigoted that is full of lies full of hate and full of millions of members who are complacent and happy to hold to the rod so to speak and just keep fucking going with those little blinders on yeah and they don't care as long as they continue to get paychecks collect their money it does not matter it doesn't matter if they're causing harm i firmly believe that people who are very high up in the church like the prophet and the apostles and general authorities most of them i firmly believe that most of them know that it's bullshit to whatever extent like I, too. I think when you become an apostle and you don't see Jesus Christ face to face, that has to be a big old red flag. You got to figure it out by then if you haven't already. <laughs> I think if you're a prophet and you realize that you can just literally say whatever you want, do whatever you want, like mm-hmm. I think you have to understand to an extent that God's not as involved as members, normal everyday members think that He is. And I'm not talking like stake presidents and bishops, because I I think a lot most of them are like genuine and sincere believers i'm talking about like way high up 
the people who make decisions about whether or not we get a planet, whether or not the, you know, like missionaries get to talk to their families every week or not, those people, they have to know that it's not true. Yep. I agree a billion percent. They have to, to like one extent or another, like even if they're like, well, I believe, you know, the Book of Mormon, I believe this and this, but at some point, clearly it's gone and changed and twisted because now Mm -hmm. it's like we just have this mess of shambles where it's like do we allow people of color the priesthood or not do we get a planet or not do we you know like can missionaries wear sister missionaries wear pants or not like everything is just constantly like back and forth like do we want children of gay couples to get baptized or not like is your patriarchal blessing like strictly a blessing for you or is it more interpretive like everything changes constantly all the time and then the church yep is just like no one ever told you you were gonna get a planet it's like then why do millions of people believe that like if the gospel is so fucking perfect how are there these huge massive like lies being spread through it and why are prophets standing up at conference and being like i want to tell you a story about a time i flew an airplane and learned a lesson about whatever when they should be up there saying this is what we believe this is what we don't this is our goal these are not our goals they don't give a fuck about everyday members as long as they're paying their fucking tithing and getting other people to join the church and pay their tithing too and like that's that's the end of it essentially it's infuriating and of course there's gonna be confusion about shit like do we get planets or not because who wants to stand up in front of millions of people and be like, yeah, we firmly believe we're going to get a planet when the church already looks batshit crazy, already looks homophobic, it already looks racist, it already looks sexist. Like, And you know what? It's very possible that this whole thing is just... It's just like confusing and distracting active members. Like they're hearing this and they're like, Oh, these anti-ex-Mormons again. Mm -hmm. You know, if the church is saying that this isn't actually what we believe or what we teach, then okay, that we've misinterpreted the scripture or whatever. So be it. Leave it alone. Not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But they don't understand that some of us, the majority of us, like you said, probably millions, were told they would get a planet. Mm -hmm. And then they were told... That's crazy. No one has ever no one said, yeah, that. that's crazy. And that is gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It's literally and like, have you ever seen? It's not okay. It's so gross. It's disgusting. It's literally like abusive relationship behavior. Yep. And every member of the church is in an abusive relationship with the church. Absolutely. And like actual abusive yep. relationships, like you don't realize it until you're in it and it's happening and it's all around you. Uh, most yep. people don't get out of those situations the first time a red flag goes up because they literally nope. teach you to doubt your doubts doubt mm-hmm. those red flags those come and, from seeing and that's the thing that's the thing red? that makes the church such a cult is there there's certain things that they do you know they love bob you as a convert oh my god a do they fucking wrap their arms a around you Mm, oh, you yeah. can't get any more attention than that. Yes, chef's fucking kiss. So, you know, they love bomb you. They make you feel so good. You know, they manipulate. You know, we mentioned confirmation bias, you know, by telling you that truth is feeling. So, of course, they're going to play music that sounds good and 
speak in a calming monotone voice and of course you know they're going to play on those hormones and those emotions and you know if someone says like oh if you feel this that's what that means and then you feel it of course you're going to assume have you ever so, seen yeah. the movie the holiday it has kate winslet and jack black and cameron diaz yes i love that okay movie. there's a part i really identify with that movie because i watched it as like an angsty teenager and like it's a rom-com anyway the part where she's like telling off jasper she's like and i have this memorized because i watched a hundred times she's like you broke my heart and then you acted like it was my fault my misunderstanding and i like relate to that in a lot of ways but i think it applies to this situation a lot where like you know whether we're talking about getting your planet or whether we're talking about my situation where like literally like people in my family have died and i grieved over it and coped with it in one way and now i have to re-grieve over losing those people all over again. again it's like the church is breaking hearts and ruining people's lives to one extent or and another then and then to saying it like that it was your, your misunderstanding because you're right people do hear active members you know hear that planet thing and even as an ex-mormon i can be like i'm not exactly sure where i heard that planet thing but i know i heard it you mm -hmm. know you can just say well like you know that was our mistake our misunderstanding uh you know but the church certainly was never perpetuating something that wasn't true and then when you're not in the church you can be like every single thing the church perpetuates is not true they lie and they lie Surprise. and they lie they manipulate yeah. and they manipulate they break you and then they act like it's your fault and your misunderstanding because the and church is perfect you're broken and you've always been broken and they just you're a that's the way it always is you're a diseased sheep yep. didn't you know yep yep god doesn't see you you're a black sheep folks as his perfect precious child he sees you as diseased there's something wrong it's... with you and the only way to fix it is by buying the cure that he's made to a disease that he invented you know and this is why people say that mormons aren't christian because they don't actually believe in the atonement the you know your traditional christian belief is that you know grace saves you and so it really doesn't matter if you're baptized or not doesn't matter what you do who you are jesus died and you're saved by grace and then the mormon church comes in and this is what makes them a cult and this is what keeps them from being classified as christian is you're saved by grace after all you can do all you can do all you can do saved by grace not after just what you do works. all that you can not after do. yeah all that you can do which means you have to bust your fucking ass for this church mm -hmm. you and i i think it was you and i i sent you a marco polo the other day that was like a girl that i worked with asked me for a ride home from work and yeah. i said no because i couldn't and i felt guilty like the whole ride home and i was talking about how like as a mormon if someone asked me for a ride and i had the means to give them a ride like i should have gone out of my way and done everything i possibly could to like help this person because if i didn't mm -hmm. then that's essentially a sin and i would need to repent for that and i would have gone home yeah. that night and prayed and been like i'm so sorry i didn't give this person a ride even though i didn't have the money for gas i didn't have the time it wasn't in my plan i didn't have the energy i whatever I would have been like, I'm sorry I didn't do that. Please forgive mm -hmm. me for not giving this person yeah. a ride. Instead of as a... Now, being like, you know what? 
I feel a little bad because I maybe like could have moved things around to give her a ride but at the same time it's not the end of the world like she and I are still fine we're still friends it's okay to not give everything you have all the time to anyone who asks Mm -hmm. it of you it's like but it's so confusing because you go to the temple and you make that covenant and you promise to do exactly that to give all your time talents energy money everything you have and will have Mm -hmm. and give it to the church and rather so it gets to the point where you feel like you're literally breaking a promise that you made to god you know that will keep you from being with your family forever which we've already talked about how much trauma i have from my family situation (laughs) how traumatic that fucking is and so that this idea and and I, again, I can't remember whether or not I've talked about this on the podcast. It gets mixed up because Lena and I do talk a lot outside of the podcast, especially about church shit. But I was given many blessings before my mission and on my mission that talked about how, like, completing my mission faithfully would be essentially, like, the factor that led to my dad getting baptized and joining the church. So... Of course, I'm going to stress about, oh, I should have given that girl a ride because if I don't give her a ride, then am I really doing all that I can do? And are my choices good enough for me to qualify to get the blessing to have my dad join the church so I can be with my family forever? Like, I'm me as I am by myself doing all I can do is not good enough because I have to make sure that my entire family makes it to be with me forever and ever or it's not good enough. And then on top of that, I have to do the fucking temple work for all my dead relatives because I'm the only member of my family and I have to find their names and take them to the temple and I'm responsible for all these fucking dead people that I've never met. And so instead of spending time with the actual people that are on this earth who are going to die soon, where am I? I'm in a family history center in fucking Little Rock, Arkansas, looking up names of dead people that I've never met. No disrespect to my ancestors. I'm sure they were great. But like, why is the Mormon church- They're gone teaching me to prioritize them over real people that I could have relationships with in this lifetime while Mm -hmm. I'm stressing about the potential of having an eternal relationship with my dad who I'm not spending time with because I'm on a fucking mission like if family is really that important then like why is the Mormon church leading me on this wild goose chase at the potential to be with my family forever it's because they don't give a fuck about whether or not I'm with my family forever they give a fuck that I pay my tithing and convert more people to pay their tithing and like that's what everything at its core comes back down to because the church is not a church it is a a corporation it is lawyers and it is marketing research teams and it is hiring the cutest old man with the sweetest voice to be the face of it all and using membership money to pay him yeah to continue one of the biggest lies i told on my mission like one of the most common ones was that we have no paid clergy which oh i love telling people that which is but at the time i believed it yeah i wasn't getting paid my bishop (laughs) bishop didn't get paid paid. as far as i understood my stake president was only getting enough money to you know sustain him and his wife who lived in this big old fucking house in wisconsin yeah. Well, there were missionaries with bed bugs and cockroaches and no AC, no heat. Like, are you fucking and kidding me? And those are me? the missionaries in the United States. <laughs> like, like, you and I didn't serve foreign, so, like, you know, who knows what's going on in 
yep. to Brazil. Yep. I mean, I've heard things, yep. but. And you literally only get eight hours to yourself a week. How is that not a cult? And you don't you even get them to yourself. When they are making you so exhausted, like working you to death, not giving you any personal time, personal space, stripping you of your identity, mm-hmm. giving you really strict rules. That's a cult. Mm-hmm. That is not a way to build character. Okay, stop that bullshit. That's a fucking cult, mm-hmm. and that's dangerous and harmful. And they do it to people who are 18, 19, 20 years old because that is what statistically has been proven to be the age where you are more susceptible to joining a cult. And then at the end of your mission, you do what's called my plan, which if you've never served a mission... I this came out right when I went home, so we didn't do so you this. Didn't do... Oh, Lena. But I'll tell you what, the program was in full force when I made it to BYU Idaho, and all the missionaries who came home around the time I did, they gathered all the people like in my ward and they sat us down in there and they made like they made us sit down, do smart goals, make this plan, and then they had this whole testimony meeting about how one third of returned missionaries go less active. <laughs> And they were like, you can't let it be you. You can't let, let it, it be you. you. Let it Don't be let you. it be you. Let it be and, you know, they they literally freak you out. You know, they're, they're like, can you believe that? That's so sad. Well, then once you leave, you know you're what? like, I Actually, believe that. Makes total I'm, sense. This that is something that just came into my head. And I have been thinking a lot about this. And we can cut it out. But I just have to say it because it just, like, came in my head. And, and I have been thinking about it for so long. I was on my mission when Caitlyn Jenner transitioned Oof. and she did the cover of like, was Vogue? it Vogue? She did a cover of a magazine mm-hmm. and I was in my last area and I was at the grocery store in line with the senior couple <laughs> and we turn around and elder, what's his face? I can't even remember now. This elder um, pointed to the magazine cover and he was like, this is just sick. You know, his soul is screaming inside and he will never be with his heavenly father. This is just sick. It's sickening. And I just remember thinking like, whoa, like not only are you saying that, but you're literally saying it with a badge on your chest in public out loud, like, holy shit. And that is how intense Mormons are, is that they are told whatever it is, and any time their worldview gets a little confusing, mm-hmm. they have to react in the most extreme to protect their identity because they have not formed an identity just by living life and deciding for themselves what their identity is. And I'm not just saying like sexual orientation i'm talking about like your career and what you like you know they the whole entire church has become their identity mm-hmm. and so for someone you know it's very possible that the senior missionary once looked up to bruce jenner i yeah i don't i don't isn't it bruce this is like it is but i don't i'm like is it okay referencing i don't know well, I think it's in possible this that he. Yeah. Okay, I just you know in, I don't know. Mind... We've actually been rewatching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So so when we are so when we watch it, because I feel like to me they're like two completely different people. Mm-hmm. 
that they're just not the same to me. It's so bizarre. But like, you know, maybe this elder and I say bizarre in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah. Like to me, like it makes sense to me that anyway. I think what you he may have looked up to Bruce yeah. and and was or maybe he had some sort of internalized, you know, maybe he is transgender. I don't fucking know, you know, but he reacted in such a vile way. And I, and I think it was a response of, you know, my, you know, my identity is, you know, there's something weird about this, you know, it doesn't sit right with me. And I, and I think he was trying to explain it a way of like, well, the church said this, but mm-hmm. no, you know, I, am I making any sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have lashed out at very few people after leaving the church. Like I don't really post about it on my own social media. I don't really talk about it. I have lots and lots of ac- active member friends and I like barely even mention that I'm not a member with most of them. Um but the one and only person that I got into like a heated discussion with while I was leaving the church and I hadn't even left the church yet actually when this happened. I went to but it was a senior missionary for my mission. I went to mm-hmm. the um protest in Salt Lake about the honor code and I literally posted on Facebook something like I'm grateful for the opportunity I had to be an ally today with like a picture of this protest that's it I didn't say anything about my beliefs or about doctrine or about gender or about LGBTQ whatever and this senior sister that I served with messaged me on Facebook and was like I'm really worried about you this is really concerning I'm worried. And I lost it. I was like, why is it concerning to you that I, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, would support other people, that I would be an ally to communities that I don't consider myself a Can part of? Can you give of? me like, any reasonable Why is it concerning excuse? that I have empathy? Why is it concerning that I care about other people? Like, why is it, why is it, why is this, why are you worried about me? Because I care about other people. And I think my first response was maybe, like, there's no need to be worried. Like, I just, whatever. And then she said something else that set me off. And I'm sure if I really went back, I could find screenshots of the situation. But what I said to her, essentially, was, like, and she's the kind of person that posts on her Facebook, like, she posts shit about how everyone in America should learn English. And this is a woman who, like, deeply loves the Savior, right? I messaged her, and I was like, you know what concerns me? I'm concerned that you think that everyone in the United States when learn, should learn English when I was called of God to learn Spanish to teach people in this country. Like, what does that say about Heavenly Father? What does that say about me and my mission? No response. And then I was like, you know what else concerns me? Concerns me that you're so willing to reach out about how worried you are about me for saying that I was literally just an ally to this community when I know for a fact that there are member, there are missionaries that she and I served with that are gay, that outwardly and yep. openly identify as gay, and that yep. privately and aren't out to very many people about how they're gay. And the reason that they're scared to come out is because it's this because woman of things like this. who on the mission is like, I love you, I want to be a second mother to you, anything you need, like, I'll take you out to lunch. After the mission, I want to come to your wedding, I want to see pictures of your babies, blah, blah, blah. But then we'll fucking private message you and be like, I'm really worried about you because you're caring about other people and that's alarming for me. But she probably is a fan of yep. our buddy Tad Callister, who's like, love and compassion is a trick of Satan. 
Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> Something about senior missionaries really sets sets me off. They, it's, they me get off. set off and then I get set off because I'm like, why do you have to go Agreed. so hard so fast? Like you just saw a magazine or you just saw someone's Facebook post and you're like, this is bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> it's like- exactly. You know, and it's it's things like that that make it extra hard to step outside of that conjecture as a Mormon because you hear things like that and you see reactions like that and you're like, well, if I try to change my mind about this at all, this is how the people I know and love are going to start treating me. And, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that you have to be transgender or gay, you know, or that the issue has to be about that at all. You know, even if you're just thinking Joseph Smith may not have actually been a prophet or maybe he was inspired but not actually a prophet. Like, you can say or do whatever it is, you know, and the moment you step outside of the very strict boundaries, you are, you know, it's like a dog who loses its temper. Mm -hmm. You know, they just snap and they turn around and they become mean. And that was one of the most surprising things for me is seeing people who claim to really love me, care about me, support me no matter what, be completely vicious. And I'll tell you what, it's given me some PTSD and it sounds really silly, but oh shit, like it's fucked me up. And for example, the last time um, that someone, that a member of the church really got to me was that woman who watched my Court of Love video on Instagram commenting, telling me oh. that my experience didn't happen, mm-hmm. that the church doesn't, like, teach anything that I said. I, you she know what? She was like, my daughter served a mission and that never happened to her, so I know that that's not true. Like, did it ever yes. occur to you and that, it, like, millions of people serve missions? So, so this <laughs> person was someone that I ate dinner with often. I went, you know, she had surgery, and my companion and I went and took care of her, brought her food, cleaned her house, switched her ice packs. You know, this is someone that I genuinely feel like, you know, I, I served her. You know, was it perfectly? Maybe not, but... I did the very best I could for what was asked of Someone me, that and you I cared loved a lot. And cared about. I cared a lot about her and her family. I bawled like a baby when I left, and you know, her and her husband were vicious to me when I first left the church, and then didn't they didn't speak to me for a really long time. And then I share my court of love video, and she comes out of the woodwork, and. I honestly could not believe the way that she reacted. And you know what? I'm going to read it. I don't even care. Do it. And the reason I'm this, I brought this up, like I said, I have PTSD. Like just last week I had a dream that I had to share like an Uber ride with her. Oh my God. And it was it a nightmare. It's, it was like, I woke up crying because of like, I don't know if you can relate to having, like, a really stressful dream, but, like, you can, like, feel the emotions you were mm-hmm. experiencing. And, like, it wasn't, like, being scared to be in her presence. It was just being in a lot of pain knowing how she actually feels about me. I used to have dreams throughout my whole mission and for a while after my mission that I 
would like get a call from my mission president he'd be like you have to go back to the mtc specifically the mtc i went to the mtc in mexico and i had a blast but i also got very sick and was like miserable for a lot of it it was like so clear in my mind the voice of my mission president like telling me like you have to go back it's what god wants like you know and i would wake up and i would be breathing heavy i'd be sweating i would be in tears like so stressful the idea of having to go back to the mtc my body was like this is fight or flight situation mm-hmm. yeah yep. i have i have people in wisconsin you included who are like please come visit like i'd love to see you and i'm like i can't mm-hmm. like it's too i have dreams that i'm walking like i could tell you like every single house like it's so vivid in my memory like i'm just walking down the street and i I wake up in tears because, oh my God, why am I always crying on this stupid podcast? It's like I miss the people and the place so much. And to know that in a matter of minutes, all of that just meant nothing was insane. And to have someone that I love so much, especially at the end of my mission, you know, someone who said, I'm just going to read it. And this is such a perfect example of how members gaslight. Mm Mm-hmm ex-members and why it's so harmful Mm -hmm. she said i couldn't finish watching your video you share things that really aren't true you can be gay and be lds also i don't believe it's scientifically proven that masturbation is healthy more than one marriage that i know of has been destroyed by masturbation and porn and let's be honest those go hand in hand (laughs) haha And once you make Wait, a covenant say, and keep it, or that? she li- no, I'm just oh, laughing okay. because I don't think she realizes <laughs> hand what hand. she actually gotcha. did. She basically tells me that my court of love is bullshit, that everything I said is not true, none of it is true, and that my experience is way more unique than it is common. And then she basically finishes by saying, um, I thought you were a great missionary. I believed you when you bore your testimony and shared your love of not only the Lord, but of the Book of Mormon. I also love the LGBTQ community. I'm grateful they can get married and have families. So it's just not true what you're saying in your video. And I can't support what you say. I get so frustrated when things are shared about the church that really aren't true. And it's so sad that things are being said and you are continuing to share untruth. So I... Again, it's like that. Well, you maybe got your heart broken, but it was your fault, your misunderstanding. Like, this isn't actually what happened. When in the video, which, by the way, if you haven't watched it, it's on our YouTube channel. Lena talks about her experience with this. Literally, all you're saying is this is, like, the series of events that occurred, and this is how I felt about it. And Mm -hmm. who the fuck is this woman? What right does she have to comment and say, you are telling things that aren't true? Because she wasn't fucking there. How does she fucking yep. know? She doesn't. She doesn't want to believe that they're true because the things that you say yep. in that video are a powerful testament that the church is not perfect. That not only are the people in it not perfect, but the church is fucked up. That it invades people's lives emotionally, mentally. It invades their sex lives. Yep. It Im- crosses their boundaries. And for her to accept what you say, whether or not she believes it's true, but to even for a moment be like, I can't believe that she had this experience to whatever extent it may be true rather than saying that she's like i can't believe this it is not true i called her out i was like don't gaslight me i tried to actually be cordial it's like hey i haven't talked to you since the last time you treated me (laughs) like shit 
Um, Funny how that happens. Like, it's like I don't get I Christmas was like, cards don't... from you, but I get like weirdly aggressive comments. For real on my though, it's media. like don't gaslight me, don't dismiss my pain. Like I don't, I don't even know where the fuck you're coming from. Basically, mm-hmm. she literally said, "I don't gaslight." LOL. Please tell me how I have done that. Oof. You're literally telling me that I lied and that everything I said in that video is not true and that and she literally was like I apologize that this hurt you but I don't apologize for what I have to say. So what then what the fuck that, are you So no, you don't for? fucking like, apologize. Don't apologize. Instead of telling me, well if you didn't believe it, you should have just left. At the time when I was going through the court of love, I did believe mm-hmm. it. Bitch, you weren't fucking listening. Mm-hmm. I was telling you that I was alone in a room with like six men being asked to discuss my entire sexual history from the time I was 15 years old on mm-hmm. by myself and how that was traumatizing and fucked up my life and was painful. And you're here. And she literally starts with, I didn't finish watching this. I didn't hear yeah, what everything I couldn't even finish it. you had to say. I didn't. I wasn't willing to listen to what you say. Yeah. Fuck you. Wow, this episode got so out of hand, and we didn't even get to the email. Okay, so obviously, this conversation was sparked by two things. First, we wanted to address the email that we got from a listener, and then Meg and I have not really talked since this whole planet thing happened so of course we had to come on here and rant about that but i'm actually really surprised at how easy it is to connect the gaslighting by the church to how harmful it actually like bleeds into all the other ways that that the church impacts its members in a negative way Mm -hmm. and so i actually think this would be a perfect time to bring up the email that we got um it is a little long so we're just gonna give like a brief explanation of a few things and we're gonna talk about what we read because holy crap guys buckle Mm up um it's intense by the way if you ever want to send us an email our email is more than mormon at gmail.com or you can dm us on instagram tiktok youtube can you dm on youtube i don't know I don't know, but you can totally, like, I'm happy to read comments. Any way you want to talk to us, we want to talk to you. But this person decided to send us an email, um, and there are some heavy topics in it, so just maybe a little bit of a trigger warning. Yes, a little bit of a trigger Um, warning. There's there's some pretty heavy topics in it, but, like, that's why we want to bring those parts up. So they talk about being raised Mormon, um, and they tell us that they are... Um, queer and ex-Mormon. They grew up in a pretty strict Mormon household. Um, They mentioned that when they were a child in um, about 10 years old in primary that they were sexually abused by a primary teacher in the church building during a Sunday school class. This is so much more common than I realized it was, which is just one of those things where like even if the church is perfect and the people are not, like, if the church is perfect, you'd think that it would be able to call people to these roles that wouldn't do these kinds of things. And if the church was perfect, then they would not set up a hotline that directs you to their law firm 
in situations like this. They would enforce calling the police. Mm -hmm. They would not do the hard work to protect predators. And that is absolutely what they do. Is it really okay for a bishop to ask a 12 or 13 year old girl she masturbates? And when she does, how many fingers she uses? If your jaw is on the floor right now, pick it up because that's just the fucking beginning. Mm -hmm. A man named Sam Young was excommunicated. He was a previous bishop and he was excommunicated from the church for standing up against this and trying to enforce changes so that this doesn't continue to happen. These things shouldn't be happening happening in any church, but especially one that claims over and over and over again that it's perfect. That's the it's one, the and, one only and only true church. church. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they say the assault has been taken care of. I'm currently in therapy and being taken care of mentally. I'm okay. Um, unfortunately, assault like this isn't uncommon, especially in Utah. So many children are unsafe. Moving on, I guess, I became even more strict on myself as I got into the youth program. I was dedicated to my scriptures and my personal progress while I simultaneously developed a self-harm addiction and disordered eating habits. Um, And they talk about how their mom was very rough on them um, during this time. Around this time, I started to develop severe gender dysphoria, and I didn't have a name or any words at all to describe what I was experiencing. I didn't know what being trans was all i knew was that i hated myself and i hated my body i felt even more guilty because my body was supposed to be a gift from god and that i was supposed to be thankful for it i wasn't thankful i hated it so i must be a disgusting or selfish sinner the cycle continued and just got worse as i moved from arizona to utah around 13 years old 13 folks think about what you were doing at 13 i was having an existential crisis on the toilet we already talked about but (laughs) (laughs) okay aside from megan all you normal Normal folks out there 13 isn't the time to have to be dealing with these things and if you grow up in a situation whether it's a church or just in your family or just a school environment where you have people in your life who talk about things like being transgender or who maybe they don't even talk about it but you feel safe expressing your gender however you choose when you're that young and that impressionable can have a huge impact on your mental health and on your physical health and on your development as a person. It's totally okay to be 13 years old, not know who you are as a person, but you should absolutely, like everyone deserves to be in a, to be in a place or in a family or have someone in their life that they can talk to about these things without feeling that, that fear or that like disgust with themselves and the fact that that was coming from this church that they were a part of is just revolting. At 13. At 13. Imagine the trauma that you carry into adulthood. Thank God they are in therapy. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs therapy. Even people who think they are the healthiest, like everyone needs to go see a therapist every once in a while. But this is why a therapist, a good evidence-based therapist is important because that trauma can manifest you know like we said eating disorders anxiety depression whatever you know but this is how cycles continue so if you want the cycle to break you need to go to a healthy 
responsible, licensed, reputable, licensed professional. Uh If there's any good thing about this, it is that because I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At 13. So they say um, Utah Mormon culture is unlike anything I've ever experienced. I've never felt so self-righteous and so worthless at the same time. Story of my life, honestly. That's me saying that, not them. It's that interesting (laughs) dichotomy that kept me in the church, not questioning for so, so long. The church, seeing me as a woman, never taught me how to have healthy relationships, even platonically. I fell into awful and abusive relationships, just desperate for someone to tell me I wasn't everything the church told me I was. At this time, as any 14 or 15-year-old would, I got into porn as a hobby, really, but also out of curiosity. I think it's important to talk about sexuality in conjunction with the church because it's how the church exerts so much control over its members. The amount of sexual shame that I developed, especially as I came out to a few of my friends as bi, is something that will scar me for the foreseeable future. Which is insane because if you didn't grow up in, like, Mormon Utah culture... That wouldn't even be a big deal. Like, people I went to high school with talked about the kind of porn they watch, like, in in the hallway, in between classes. And not in a shameful way, but just in a way of, like, they were literally just sharing their experiences. And I... It took me until I was, like, 27 years old to talk about my kinks and fetishes with my spouse because of what... I'm not laughing at you. I just didn't know you were going to say your spouse. No. Oh, hell. hell. (coughs) As I die. God's taking you out. He's like, you've gone too far. Being a grown-ass woman, married, Mm -hmm. afraid to have that conversation because the church made me feel so ashamed about it yeah that's unbelievable i had this conversation with you and you were like what are you talking about like i that's just like a normal thing that like partners talk about even when they're not married and i was like (laughs) what because before you're married you're not allowed to discuss those things and then when you are married there's like a little boundary that they kind of like you know draw around Mm -hmm. you and like we never got any sort sort of weird sex talk or whatever but there is plenty Mm -hmm. plenty of first-hand accounts of people you know being forced to go see the gynecologist being given dilators being told not to have oral or anal sex and that's because the church likes to control its members through sex. And I think this is why I felt so traumatized with my court of love is because they took something so natural, beautiful, wonderful, and fucking delicious as sex. And they took it out of my relationship. And along with that, they took intimacy. They took security. They took transparency. They took, uh, you know, trust they took relationship development they stripped that all away and while they did that they made me like um like the prostitute what is it in the bible the woman woman, taken in adultery the adulterer yes 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 so they made me feel like that and like i was being you know center stage in front of all these horny old men you know talking about my sins and I was way more punished than, you know, my husband was. And it just, it's not normal. It's not healthy. It's not okay. But they used sex 
as a way to manipulate us into buckling down hardcore into activity in the Mm -hmm. church because they dangled an eternal marriage over our head. But again, if you even look at that story in the New Testament, like, that's not what Christ does. Like, he doesn't have a court. He doesn't call his apostles over and he's like, okay, ma'am, tell us exactly what you did and who you did it with and how it felt and whether or not you orgasmed. Like, no, he's just like, stop, maybe, and like, go. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, basically. And then he gets after everyone for pointing fingers and laughing Mm -hmm. at her. He's like, get get your ass back in the house. You know, this idea that he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I think for every sexual experience that you had to share with those men, like they should have shared one with you. <laughs> like, Oh, hell yeah. I want to fucking know, gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen, are you gentle? Come back and tell me. <laughs> yeah, are you gentle or are, are you, you rough? lovers. <laughs> My guess is, yes, they are lazy lovers. Okay. I came out as trans in February before my 16th birthday in June. I grappled with it immensely for a year before deciding to come out to my friends only. I knew my parents wouldn't take it well. I finally started to feel a bit of joy, and despite desperately trying to reconcile my identity with the church, I stumbled upon the gospel topic essays and eventually the CES letter, and my faith toppled in a week. A week! all it takes when you're reading you know information that makes sense and is researched and is thorough a lot of people say yep doesn't it doesn't take, take long. long to realize that you've been telling yourself to believe in santa once you see it you can't unsee it yeah. exactly it takes more conjecture is there an alien or an abductor in your kitchen or is it the cat what is the most likely what is the most logical Mm -hmm. yeah read the ces letter think about mormon doctrine and seriously sit down for a second and say is this even logical does this make any or is there any question in the ces letter that's that you don't that you can actually answer or that you don't care about the answer to because that's the other thing is people are like can you tell us why but it's like it does because the matter. church says one thing, and the truth is something different. And the reason it matters is because the church claims to be true. So if the church is telling you lies, and telling you those lies are truth, then everything in your life is predicated upon knowingly believing in something that's not true. Like Santa Claus. You know, and... Like aliens. I'm not saying aliens it... aren't true, because I'm open-minded. But... Me too. Like Santa Claus, for example... Like, telling yourself your whole entire life that, like, I know that this doesn't make sense. I know this is a little ridiculous. It's unexplainable, and that's how it's supposed to be. Instead of saying, for one moment, you know what? This is ridiculous. Let me think about the fact that, like, this is a little ridiculous. Like, not even to doubt it right away, but just to, like, think about it for a moment. And that's what reading things like the CES letter or even, like, the church's, like, gospel topic essays, because that's what I started reading when I first was, like, leaving mm-hmm. the church, was, like... A lot of people go there first it's because a church, it's church It's approved. a church resource. Read those and really think about, you know, if this church is perfect, this church is true, this church is restored, it's the one true church, 
then why are there so many different essays about so many issues that don't line up and don't make sense? Because the church isn't telling you to believe in Santa Claus, it's telling you to believe in 17 different Santa Clauses who all disagree with each other. And they're all a little racist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, just a little just in a one smidge. way or another. Just a <sighs> smidge. You know, and the thing is, is like, if, you, if you're really going to sit down and say, well, I don't need to, like, you know, the Bible or the Book of Mormon tells me, like, you know, faith is, you know, things felt and not seen or whatever, like, okay, that's great and all, but like, just think about all the true crime. It's like you, you have know. your intuition as well. Like, there's this extent of yeah. being like, you know what, I don't need to be able to explain this logically or scientifically, but at the same time, you have your intuition and and you know you, whether or not you consciously process those thoughts, they flash through your mind very quickly every once in a while, you know, like, this isn't right. This is mm -hmm. different than what I thought was true. This is different than what I thought yeah. I believed. Or I know I heard I'd get my own planet. I know I heard that. Or honestly, go through the CES letter and ask yourself, like, can you answer any of those questions? Yeah. Can you find a logical and not a missionary answer because missionary answers are bullshit. no, not a we missionary answer, not a scriptural answer, especially when we have a lot of scientific evidence that suggests that a lot of this is false. A lot of it is a fraud. You know, I people who say that they're OK with Joseph Smith and polygamy and him marrying 14 year old girls. I love one of the questions that John Dillon posed in one of his recent episodes. He was like. You know, I just genuinely want to ask, like, if you know that and you seem to be okay with it, would you leave your teenage daughters alone with Joseph Smith? Mm -hmm. Like, did you not deserve to know the entire truth before you made eternal covenants? Mm -hmm. Did you not deserve well, that? Well, and I think that I know the church teaches you that you don't deserve to know. That you are nothing. You are made of dust. You are meaningless. Mm -hmm meaningless compared to god yep. you are nothing it's such a refreshing and eye-opening experience to leave the church and be like regardless of my relationship with god i am a person and i should extend to myself what i extend to everyone else which is the courtesy of telling them that they are worth good things that they deserve good things mm -hmm. that they are not meaningless that they are not nothing that they are not stupid and small and a speck of dust. Because you, well, I would never say that to someone that I loved. So it's preposterous no. that we say that to ourselves because we think that that's how God feels about us. And we call him like our loving heavenly father. But what love has he really shown you besides creating you and sending you here? And sending you on this wild goose chase for salvation? Like nothing. And even in that... He takes away your your right to informed consent, your right to know what you're getting into, your right to question things, your right to doubt things. Like, he literally tells you yep. you can't doubt a single thing. He tells you you're stupid, and then the second you try to use your brain, he's like, no, that's ridiculous. Why would you use your brain? You don't know anything. I know everything. It's just the most the most manipulative relationship. You know, and this is why we say it's abusive. This is why we say... People who are still in the church are victims in their own right. And 
this is why when people come and say you left the church just leave it alone the answer is no because i love people who are still being affected by their membership in the church and look at look at this email you know look at this email because let's be honest when you're 14 or 15 years old sexual exploration is totally normal it's always normal totally healthy Your whole life there's never a time when you Especially, should feel shame about exploring who you are as a person and what makes you comfortable exactly. and what makes you happy and what makes exactly. you feel love and excitement and joy you should never be ashamed of that and this email you is are being a lot leonardo is one person connecting with us and we're only two people but mm -hmm. you know it's like when you see cockroaches like when there's one there's many i don't know why that's the first analogy that came to my head <laughs> You see one, you guys. There's gotta be It's been be a more. really long week and a half, and so our brains are a little jumbled. But you're absolutely right. Like you know, we're just, you know, three people. We should we read three emails, you know, in a, a couple episodes mm -hmm. ago. You know, and all of us, you know, are sharing our pain. The church is so good at just calling that like anti. They're just like, that's just anti, that's an anti-website, an anti-Mormon Reddit, an anti-Mormon podcast, whatever. But the only reason that it's anti-Mormon is because it comes from people who were Mormon. And because of the experiences they had in the church, they've left and turned against it. And, you know, this person shares <clears throat> some information about attempting suicide and their parents acting the exact opposite of a loving mm -hmm. parent and they finish by saying mormonism took my family it took my happy childhood it took my mother and i'm not ready to forgive it yet the worst part is that my story is far from the only one so many kids try to take their lives for so many reasons and many of them succeed it's disgusting that this corporation is able to leave so much death and abuse in its wake and never face any consequences. And that is why we do this podcast. This is why we bitch and moan. This is why we won't leave the church alone. This is why we call it gaslighting. This is why we talk about the three Nephites and the planets. Because all of it comes down to deep, traumatic life changing abuse life ending that's what the church is doing life ending thank you very much to this person who sent us this email we appreciate every email every comment every dm we just you know we don't want to leave it and leave it alone which is why we have this podcast in any way that you interact with it even if you just listen we really appreciate it you're comments your questions you know your emails are always going to come mm -hmm. first you know at least until the wonderful day comes when we are like so busy and popular we have like a bunch of people responding to emails for us but until that day comes please you yeah, can it's expect gonna come the to same time jesus comes back i'm pretty sure <laughs> which as the mormon church Buckle would have up, you folks. believe i'm supposed could to be believe that it's going to happen very soon. Yeah. We got to talk about doomsday culture at some point. Oh my God. There's so, so many, many things, things to talk about. And it's useless to try and like map out a plan and like plan like several episodes in a row because things change so fast in the church. Suddenly, 
We're not and getting I'm like, planets. Oh shit, we need to talk about this. Gay people are getting excommunicated and no one gets a planet. Like, come on, the church is not You're fun anymore. Me that the church is homophobic and selfish? Ah, fuck <laughs> it. I'm out and I'm never going back. <laughs> Team, Team none of it. Team none of it. Stickers coming soon. Team none of it. Stickers coming soon. No. Seriously, you guys? Stickers coming soon. And maybe t shirts. You don't have to be excited about the stickers, but share a podcast anyway, because you know what? It shows us that you support us. And God damn it, that's what this ex-Mormon community needs. We need to support Everyone each other. Everyone knows we left the church because we weren't getting enough attention in it. <laughs> that's why we have For this real, podcast. <laughs> if we're not getting attention here, I'm like, where do we go? <laughs> anyway, this episode, as usual, has gone way too long and before we get ready to go way off topic we're gonna let you go but we will see you guys next week please make sure you follow us subscribe like share if you are someone who likes visuals come find us on youtube if you're just listening um thanks for appreciate you we're glad you're here thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye-bye Thanks for listening to the More Than Mormon podcast. If you made it this far, then you're definitely worthy to enter the Telushto kingdom. Wait, is that the good one? <laughs>